Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Just before we start, uh, just a little uh, bit of information. So, all the talks that we have and all the events we have from the masjid um, are on YouTube. And it, this, isn't, this doesn't just apply to us, it applies to whenever you're watching YouTube or anything on YouTube. So, YouTube has a feature of auto translate. So, sometimes if you're watching a video and you're listening, YouTube itself tries to sort of uh, put the audio into words. And majority of times it's not accurate. So we've had people ringing in say like, you know, YouTube's got this agenda against the masjid where the Sheikh's saying something and YouTube translating it as something else. That's not the case. Obviously there's a lot of Arabic words and even if you speak in English, if it doesn't catch you very clearly. So you need to switch that off, the captions off yourself on your own YouTube. So those listening at home, or those of you who are here who've experienced this, that's nothing from our end. You'll need to change the settings on your end. And that applies to anything you watch on YouTube. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhin astafa amma ba'd. فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسالة الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد as humans, at some point in our life, or many points in our life, we find ourselves slipping into a form of weakness, lethargy, and a feeble condition where we need a little bit of help. So as humans, it's very normal now and again, we slip into a state of weakness, feebleness, lethargy. We get a bit lazy. We need some kind of push and motivation. And this is very natural and very normal. And we need there to be somebody to inspire us, to motivate us, to keep us going, to give us a boost, to raise our morale. And we need this again and again. When we look around the world, around the globe, or even into our history, there is no one better to inspire us, to motivate us, to give us that boost than those individuals who are nurtured, groomed, molded, and prepared by none other than the greatest who was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That group of companions who the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself, he nurtured them, he prepared them, he got them ready. There is no one better than them to give us inspiration to take motivation from. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum were the greatest of the people as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned. Now in the short time that we have together today, I wish to draw some lessons from some of the stories from the life of one of the greatest men to walk on the surface of this earth. After the Anbiya alayhi wassalatu wassalam, without any difference of opinion amongst the scholars of Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah. After the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, the greatest man to walk on this earth was none other than Sayyiduna Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And if there was anyone after him, who was it? 
Sayyiduna Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. So today we'll be taking inspiration from some of these stories from the life of Sayyiduna Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, hoping that it gives us some motivation, it gives us a boost, and it helps to inspire us to become better individuals, insha'Allah. Regarding Sayyiduna Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, mother of the believer Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu anha, she used to say, if you want to enhance your gathering, if you want to enlighten your gathering, you're having a gathering and it's, you know, it's gone a bit dry and people are sort of getting a bit bored and tired. And she says, if you want to add flavor to any majlis, any gathering, make the mention of any incident from the life of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, you'll notice that the gathering will become alive again. And this is true. Because Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu is so relatable on so many fronts. His life was so holistic. Look at where he came from, where he originated from. So in the beginning, you see an individual who's got this animosity against the Prophet sallallahu and Islam. Look at his conversion. And then look at his closeness and companionship of the Prophet sallallahu Then he goes on to assume the Khilafah. 10 years, 4 months, 12 days, something like that. And then his martyrdom, which is very unique as well. Nobody ever achieved the demise. Even the way he left the world is something to envy. The way he left the world, every Muslim envies. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, even in his death and demise. So an, another great lesson in the life of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there is so much hope. There is so much hope. We all need this. We generally think when we look at, we listen to the lives of these individuals that they must have been perfect. They must have been great. But from the life of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, we can see how his past was. And it doesn't matter. You can't have a tainted past. But that doesn't mean that that should impact your future. There's this saying that goes that between the regrets of yesterday and the hopes of tomorrow, lies the opportunity of today and this is what Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who did he didn't let his past define him he didn't let his past define him when he had the opportunity and he was inspired he didn't think I'm such an evil person I was going to assassinate the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam I have said evil things and bad things to the Muslims no when the opportunity arose and he saw those verses of the Quran he says let me read the Quran when he felt inspired, he took that inspiration. And then he went on to become such a great person that the Prophet ﷺ said, if there was to be another Prophet after me, it would have been Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. One of the best people to walk on the surface of this earth radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to say, the time, that from the day Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu accepted Islam, it was a new dawn for the Muslims and Islam. It was a new revelation. It, 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 was, it was a an opportunity for the Muslims to gain much more glory than they had before. It was a revolutionary moment. Prior to Umar radiallahu ta'ala accepting Islam, yes, Muslims were there. They were worshipping in secret. But the day he accepted Islam, Muslims were then able to come out openly and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It felt like we were reborn once again. We were given an additional support. 
and the Prophet ﷺ continued to make dua for the guidance of Umar So we find he was an individual. He made time for everybody. Once he was sitting with the Sahaba and remember these are great Sahaba, the veterans of Badr, of Uhad. And these are companions who have been promised Jannah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's sitting amongst the companions. And all of a sudden, he noticed that there was one youngster was missing. And some of the companions said, well, you don't need to worry too much about him. The youngster has got a bad habit of drinking alcohol. And that's why he's not here. And Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, although some of the other companions said to dismiss him, he didn't. He made time for him. He went and spoke to him individually. We find another incident where Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu leads the Fajr Salah. And after the Salah, he turned to the congregation. This is how much he was aware of what's happening in his community. When he turned towards the congregation, from the whole congregation, he was able to deduce there was one youngster who's very regular. He was missing in the Salat of Fajr. So after the Salah, he went to the house of that youngster to find out what's happened. Is he ill? Has something happened to him? He's always here. Why is he not here today? And when he arrived at the house, he knocks on the door. His elderly mother answers. And he says, Auntie, you know, I've come out of concern. Your son is a very regular attendee of our masjid. He's always in the Fajr Salah. He's not here. She says, yes. He spent the whole night in Tahajjud and Qiyam. And then when morning time came, sleep overtook him and he missed his Salat al-Fajr in the masjid. And then Umar radiallahu ta'ala says that I'd rather sleep the whole night and pray Fajr in the masjid then perform salah the whole night and then miss the salah with the congregation. The point here is the concern he had and how approachable he was. And he looked out for every individual, whether it was man, whether it was woman, whether it was child, whether it was an elderly person. And people came to him and told him things and he took on the advice. He listened to people. He, he was open to suggestions, very approachable individual. This is, you know, we always speak about Sayyidina Umar anhu, and we have this concept and feeling of somebody who's very mighty and very scary and a person of Jalal. Yes, he had all that in him, but he wasn't a partial individual. Every Sahabi was created and, and prepared by the Prophet wasallam to be holistic individual. You could have a neighbor who's amazing, like he's part of the neighborhood watch. And he looks out for everybody. At night time, he stays awake in, in case of any trouble that happens in the community. This is the first person. He's organizing all these neighborhood parties and all these, all these things with the neighbors and all that. That's a, an amazing thing. And he's doing really good. But maybe if you go and ask his wife and children, they might not have good things to say about him. So on one side, he's a perfect individual when it comes to being part of the neighborhood team and looking out for his neighbors. But on the other side, he's not performing as well. Whereas Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum, he wasn't just an amazing Khalifa. He was a great leader. He was a great Imam. He was a great husband. He was a great brother. He was a great son-in-law. He was a great warrior. And he was a great person who dealt with the people, a community person. When people came to him, he took on the advice. So we find on one occasion, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum addressing the Sahaba. An old non-Muslim man, he saw knocking on the door of Muslims begging. Non not, not Muslim, non-Muslim. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he began to cry. And he went to this elderly non-Muslim man. And he said to him, we have failed you. 
the Muslim community has failed you. Imagine this is the Khalifa of the time speaking in this tone to a non-Muslim. He didn't say, get away from here. How dare you beg outside the doors of the Muslims? And what did he say? He says, when you were in your youth, we took taxis from you, as is in the Muslim lands. And now we've let you down. He says, go home from today onwards. You will never have to beg again. I'm going to set up an allowance that until the day you die, you will continue getting an allowance. A lot of these allowances that we have, benefit system that we have, this was introduced by none other than Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu in his reign of Khilafah. One, one occasion, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was returning from Syria. On the border of Arabia and Syria, he came across an old woman. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu approached her. She doesn't know who he is. And he asked her, what do you think of Umar? Who's the Khalifa, the Amir al-Mu'mineen. What is your opinion regarding Umar? She says, may Allah destroy him. Now, imagine speaking like that to the Khalifa of the time. I mean, it's treason. You can't speak like that. But Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who didn't disclose who he was. He didn't say, how dare you? Do you know who you're speaking to? None of that. He asked, oh lady, what's the reason? What's the matter? What's the problem? She says that since he has become the Khalifa, since he has become the Khalifa, I have not received my allowance. I have not received any allowance. So I'm not happy with him. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala said to the old lady, again, she doesn't know who he is. She says, you're on the borders of Syria. Umar is in Medina Munawwara. How does Umar know sitting in Medina, what's happening to an old lady on the borders of Syria? The old lady reprimanded him and said, if Umar doesn't know what's happening to the old lady on the borders of Syria, then he shouldn't be the Khalifa. He shouldn't be the Khalifa. Somebody else should be the Khalifa who is aware of what's happening all over their Khilafah. This shook Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu to the core. He went back and he sent an allowance for this lady and ensured that everybody was looked after. And he took it. She, he didn't take it back. It was a real piece of advice given in a correct manner. And Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu took it on board. Nowadays, uh, most of us are unapproachable. You can't advise anybody. Our youngsters, there's a young teenager. Imagine nowadays, teenagers within our homes, they'll turn up at home at 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., a young teenager walks into the house, right, goes straight up to the bedroom, and the mom and dad will not have the courage to say a word. They'll be scared. They'll be tiptoeing around this youngster. This is the kind of, you know, aura we've created. And even within us as well, today you can't say anything to anybody. Oh yeah, as long it should be said in the right way. If somebody's speaking to somebody in the incorrect way, that's wrong. But generally, we've just become people. We're not ready to take on advice. The school term will be starting now. And it's time for being back to school. Our young people will be going to schools. For a long time, you've not had that interaction with your teachers. Your teachers will tell you. When you're wrong, they'll tell you this is wrong. But nowadays, before if a teacher told you are wrong, you'd accept it and correct your mistake. Nowadays, the students want to correct the teacher. Nobody wants to be told and nobody is willing to take advice. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was very different when we see this. Being the great person he was, when somebody approached him and they presented the advice, he took on the advice wholeheartedly. And a similar incident we find regarding Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah, 
the Khalifa before him passed away. So then Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, as you know, Umar, the second Umar they call him. And time doesn't allow to go into the details of his life, but a very short incident from his life, his, the beginning of his Khilafah, he's just, this is his day of inauguration, you can say. They're, they've been busy the whole night burying their previous Khalifa. And now he's been made the Khalifa. And he tells his advisors, please shut the doors. We've been busy for days on end with the demise of the previous Khalifa. Finally, we've buried him. I need to just take a bit of rest before I start my work. So he goes into his room. His son Abdul Malik comes to the door and he, he arrives. The advisors say, you can't go in. Your father said strictly, no visitors at the moment. He needs to have a little rest. He says, no, I need to see him. So he sends a message in. The father sends him, said, tell him not now. I'll see him later on. I'm resting now. So the son insists, no, I need to see my father right now. And he comes in. And the father says, look, I'm just having a short rest. I'm having a short rest. And then I'll see to the affairs. And the son says to the father, oh father, you know you are now Khalifatul Muslimin. And you need to take the, the affairs of all of the Muslims are on your shoulders. What guarantee do you have that after, after this sleep that you will wake up so that you can take care of the affairs? That one sentence from this young child, the son of Umar Abdul Aziz, changed the life of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. From that day onwards, he didn't sleep like a normal person. And he realized the authority and the responsibility and the leadership that he had assumed. And from then onwards, we see a great change in the life of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who once comes for Jumu'ah. Imagine the Masjid Nabawi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, brimming with Sahaba. He enters into Masjid Nabawi, he ascends the pulpit, and he begins delivering the khutbah. Now I want you to think about this. This is Masjid Nabawi. This is the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. This is Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhum addressing the Sahaba in Masjid Nabawi on the day of Jumu'ah. And whilst he's giving the khutbah, one Sahabi, Salman al-Farsi radiallahu ta'ala anhum, he speaks up from the gathering. He speaks up from the gathering and he says to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Oh Umar, stop the khutbah. Wow. Umar, stop the khutbah. Because you know what? We're not listening anyway. We're not listening. We're not attentive to what you're saying. Wow. Imagine somebody was to say that today. Would we be able to absorb this? Salman al-Farsi in Masjid Nabawi, in the midst of all of the Sahaba, Juma Khutbah, he says, Omar, stop the Khutbah. Not listening to you, by the way. We're not attentive at all because something's going on in my mind and I want clarification. So Omar radiallahu ta'ala says, Lima ya Aba Abdullah. Abu Abdullah or Salman, what's the problem? What have I done? Why have you stopped the Khutbah in, in between? So Salman al-Farsi says, we all received one piece of cloth from the national treasury as the war booty, the Hanima. We all received one piece of cloth. But I can see Umar, you're wearing two. We all, look, my, my companion here, here oh, everybody received one piece of cloth. But Umar, you're clothed in two of the same cloth that we received. Oh, I want to know, like, why do you get two and we only got one? Once you answer that question, my mind will be clear. Now, these Sahaba, now nowadays, okay, 
in the, the, those sahaba they were very clean hearted very clear conscious very open straightforward they didn't go around the bend they didn't go around you know he wasn't going around in circles they were very clear cut and you you wouldn't be offended when somebody spoke to you in that way people didn't take offense because you knew that they were very sincere in what they're saying Abdullah ibn Masood who described the Sahaba, the least pretentious people. There was no fakeness. There was no pretending. There was no none of this, you know, just pretending ji huzura. None of this. It was very honest, very clear, very raw. So he said, You've got two. And we only got one. Like, can you explain, please? So Umar radiallahu ta'ala called his son Abdullah ibn Umar. Abdullah, come here, please. Stand in front of the gathering in Masjid Nabwi on the day of Jum'ah. Can you please explain why your father has two and everybody only has one? And the son of Umar radiallahu ta'ala spoke up and he told the people, I received one, my father received one. I decided to give mine to my father. That's why he has two. Salman says, yep, you can continue now. My mind is clear. Umar radiallahu ta'ala who continues, now he gives the khutbah and in the khutbah one of the topics he discussed that oh people there is a trend within our community people have increased the dowry of women and they're giving exorbitant and extravagant amounts of dowry to the bride so he said he said don't don't give exorbitant amounts of dowry to your women give a reasonable amount but don't go over the top this was the talk in Jummah. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala who comes down from the pulpit, the salah is over. As he's leaving the masjid, a sister approaches him. Before it was a brother, now it's a sister. So a sister approaches him. And the sister says, what does she say? She says to him, Umar. O Umar, Tell me one thing, are we obliged to follow the Quran or are we obliged to follow you? So he says, of course you're obliged to follow the Quran. And of course, whatever Umar would say, he would try to make sure that it's according to the Quran. Are we obliged to follow you or the book of Allah? He says, the book of Allah. So now remember, the sisters also, the brothers also, they were all knowledgeable people. They went out and they studied. So she said, there's a verse in the Quran, and I find inconsistency with what you said and what the Quran says. What is it, my sister? Tell me, I will learn as well. So she recited the verse of the Quran. If it happens that a marriage is dissolved, a divorce takes place, may Allah protect all our marriages. But if this was to happen, and the Quran says, if you had given your ex-wife in dowry, a treasure of dowry, like loads of money, a treasure, then when the marriage dissolves, don't try and take that back. This is what Quran is saying. So the woman says that from this verse of the Quran, it seems that somebody can give a whole treasure to their wife as dowry if they want to. And Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala on this occasion, he says, Asabat imra'ah. Says the woman is correct, the man is incorrect, everybody knows more than Umar. This is his humbleness. 
is everybody knows more than Umar. Now, if somebody was to correct me or you, and say we accepted the advice as well, we'll say like, keep it quiet, keep it hush. Like, like don't make a scene out of it. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then comes back onto the pulpit and he addresses the people in Masjid Nabawi and he says to the people, by the way people, this was my short-sightedness. I revoke my claim. What I said to you before about the dowry, it's not applicable. You can give whatever dowry is suitable for you and if you have the financial means, go ahead with it. What I said wasn't correct. This was Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Ten years, six months, four days, he was the Khalifa radiallahu ta'ala anhum. There are many, many incidents from the life of Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. We can continue mentioning. I'm just going to conclude on one. On one occasion, he was patrolling the streets of Medina Munawwara. When he saw there was a light shining in one of the houses, at a time when people are normally asleep, and he could hear some sounds of singing. So Sayyidina Umar who went to the house and he jumped over the wall. And he went inside and he saw there was an old man. He's sitting there and there's some singing girls around him. And he says, what are you doing? How dare you? Old man sitting here with young girls and they're singing and dancing and you're enjoying it. And the man says, Umar, I've made one mistake. You've made three mistakes. So really, what did I do? You're the one in the wrong here. Look what you're doing. You're entertaining yourself here. Says, First of all, you didn't take permission to enter my house. Second of all, Quran says, You should come from the door. You jump over the wall. And number three, Quran says, You shouldn't go spying around people. I'm in my house committing a sin and you've come to look for the sin. If you see me on the street, it's different. But I'm in my private confide area and you've come and you're doing tajassus. This is wrong. Umar radiallahu anhu thought, right, I'm really sorry. He went from there. Sometime later, Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu had a gathering. And in that gathering, he saw at the back that same old man, he arrived. So he told the gathering, please make space. Let this elderly man come to the front. Now you can just imagine what this elderly man's probably thinking, that I had a right go out Umar in my house. He's going to take care of me now in front of all of the Sahaba and all of the gathering. He comes right to the front. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala says to him, come closer. And he comes close. He says, come closer. Come, what do you think is going to happen next? Come closer. Right? He comes right and he, he says, give me your ear. And Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala whispers into his ear. He says, since that day, I have not told anybody of the incident that took place in your house. I've not told anybody about what happened with you. I've concealed it because it was a hidden sin. I understood that you were in your private area. I've not told anybody. So the old man said, Omar, give me your ear as well. I want to tell you something. So he put his ear closer. He says, from that day I made tawbah from those sins. I have never committed those sins ever again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. You know, there was a sheikh. I was listening to a sheikh and he was saying that I was going and driving with my friend and we were going along and we had the satnav. Both of our wives were sitting at the back and the satnav was on and we made the wrong turn. So the satnav, the lady in the satnav said, what did she say? Very politely, she said, Make a U-turn when possible. What did she say? Make a U-turn when possible. So this is my friend. He says, I like this woman. And I, I was getting a bit uncomfortable because our wives were at the back and he was saying it loud on purpose and they noticed as well. She said, no, I really like this woman. He goes, what are you saying? He said, this, this woman, I really like this woman. So why are you saying this? He goes, well, when you make a mistake, she corrects you very politely. When you make a mistake, 
she corrects you very politely. This is the essence of Jum'ah. We come here, we see each other. I have mistakes, you have mistakes, everybody has mistakes. But if we can come on to this of correcting each other politely, inshallah we will see huge and massive change. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Wa akhru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.